unfortunately we don't have a video outlining everything uh, during the year. We have had Vision Builder updates. Some of you may have seen those. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have a complete one for today. But uh, if you have been here, you'll see that we are involved in so many different outreaches and ways uh, overseas and here where we're uh, looking to transform people's lives. And at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. Uh, my message this morning is called Loving the House of God. And uh, in Genesis 28, 17, it's talking about Jacob, who was a person in the Old Testament. And it says this, he'd arrived in a certain place and it says, and he was afraid and he said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. The house of God is such an awesome place. I love church. I love the house of God. Always have. Not just because I'm a pastor, but even before I was a professional minister, I was a minister like all of us are, uh, serving God, loving God, and just wanting to make my life count in regards to the purposes of God in the earth. And over the years, you know, Nicola, I've just heard story after so many countless stories of people who in church, in the house of God, have either come to faith or been healed or seen relationships restored or financial challenges turned around or uh, just so many great answers to prayer that uh, we know how incredible the house of God is. We know how incredible God is. That the reason this place, the reason the house of God, the reason the church is incredible is because God is here. God is here. He's interested in our lives. And we are committed to creating a place, building a place that glorifies God and transforms lives. That lifts up the name of Jesus, which is important and vital, but also that more than just religious observance that we are seeing lives that are transformed, lives that are alive, people who are living for God, seeing their own circumstances and lives changed, being transformed into the image of Jesus Christ and making a difference in the world. That's the kind of church we want to be and that is the kind of church that we're a part of, committed to building that kind of church. Uh, so I, I asked a just... We haven't got a lot of time, so I just asked three people uh, this morning just to speak for a minute or so, 90 seconds, about why they love this church. And I know I could have asked so many people uh, to speak and they could give a testimony about why they love C3 Roselle, why they love uh, the C3 uh, church in general. Um, but I just thought rather than just me speak continuously... Uh, I get a couple of people up. So, firstly, I asked uh, Liz and Alan if they're still here. Why don't you just quickly come up, guys? We grab that mic, give them a hand. Just for uh, a minute or so, just to share why you love this church. Morning, church. For me, um, I come here for gifts. We come here because we like to hear um, inspired messages by people that um, have studied, know, and understand and um, live out the Word of God. But we, I also come. For servanthood, because I can serve here. I'm not the preacher. I'm not a musician. I can do other things, and that's why I come, and that's why I love. <laughs> um, I've seen a lot of different churches. I grew up in a Catholic church, went to a youth group in an Anglican church. Um, my brother planted a church of Christ. We joined a Brethren church. 
Um, that's what we went to an apostolic church. Like, you get the idea. Seen a, we had a house church. So, like, I've seen a lot of churches come and go, and um, culture and flavour comes and goes. But at the end of the day, um, you need to know that your leader's in love with Jesus. You need to know that you're following somebody who's following Jesus because then your whole church is following Jesus. And um, all the other details and problems of personality and culture and flavour disappear if you know that he is truly following God and God will work out all of that other stuff. And because Ward follows Jesus, the same Jesus I follow, I know that there's a beautiful sense in this church of being able to believe in the supernatural, to have complete faith, incredible miracles, and have that side of it, but have a completely feet-to-the-ground practical aspect as well where we, where we reach out our hands to people. And I love that our church has that beautiful combination of reaching heaven and touching earth. Yeah. Uh, fantastic. Thanks, guys. And, you know, when Alan and Liz first came to our church 10 years ago? 13 years ago. Wow. They had been told that they couldn't have children. Um, and they were living in New Zealand. They had a home. They were working in New Zealand. And uh, the Lord said to them that your miracles in Sydney, was it Sydney or Australia? The Lord said to them in prayer that your miracle is in Sydney. They sold their house and moved to Australia, came to Sydney, no job, nothing, believing that that they were going to be able to have children, that God was going to answer their prayer, came to our church 13 years ago uh, and came in March, by June, was pregnant? Oh, healed. Oh, that's right. I haven't got enough paper to write down the number of things that, the, that Liz has been healed of, but <laughs> God is a good... Uh, the, end of, uh, the end of the story is that they now have four incredible children uh, in church, and God is a God that answers prayer and works miracles. So I love those guys. Uh, Michael, I asked Michael and Sally. Sally actually is leaving to go overseas uh, today, this morning, so uh, give Michael a big hand. He's up here on his own. Morning. How long have you guys been in the church now? Uh, we started coming here since February last year. February last year, so yes, 14 about, months. about 14 months. So we moved from the Burbs into the U.S. and we, you know, we decided to look for a church. And we came here one Sunday, did some research. You know, as most of you these days do, go on the web. So we decided to come here, and it was great. And I think uh, John uh, and um, his lovely wife was at the door and greeted us and then introduced us to Ward. And then, uh, you know, we met Kevin and Tracy, I think, well, the couple that we met, and they were lovely. And uh, so we came here first week and, uh, you know, introduced ourselves to Ward and, you know, we, we really enjoyed the preaching and we, you know, enjoyed it. And then we go, let's go try out some other places. Then the following Sunday, we went to another church closer to us. Uh, but the cultural difference, as was mentioned by uh, you know, Liz, was so you know, detectable because we walked in and there, the preaching was awesome there, but not one person said hello. We walked in and out of there and nobody greeted us or anything. And then we were going to go third week to another church and we thought, nah, <laughs> let's go back to, to Roselle and we've been here ever since. And, you know, and... Uh, you know, as most of you know, Ward has a photographic memory for names, and to be greeted when he next sees you by name, just sealed it. Yeah. You know, and that was it. Thanks, man. Awesome. Thanks, Michael. 
And uh, Steve, I asked Steve to uh, share. This is Steve Moore. Can we give him a big hand? About why he loves the church. Yeah, I was thinking about it this week, and there's so many things you can really say, but uh, the thing that, that strikes me the most about this church is I look across the auditorium, I see millionaires sitting with students, I see movers and shakers in, in the corporate world sitting with widows and pensioners, and you wouldn't know the difference. And there's this great sense of uh, family and community here, and, you know, because of, of, of that culture, uh, you know, the highs of, of life are sweetened and the lows are softened, because we, we go through it together as a community. And uh, look, as Liz said, cultures do change, but the culture here never changes, and it's because it's based on biblical gospel principles and as, as Christ our cornerstone. So that's why I keep coming back every week. Good stuff, Steve. Fantastic. And I know, look, there's so many people that I could ask to get up and would have similar stories about friends and things that God has done in their world, in their life. Uh, the bottom line is that... Uh, the house of God is an awesome place. And, you know, sometimes we can forget how awesome it is. And it uh, doesn't mean we don't have challenges. doesn't mean that life's always a bed of roses. Um, but in the highs and the lows, God is there and also the community of faith are there. And that's what makes it a special place. Um, devotion to God and devotion to his house go together. They are inter dependent they are interlinked you can't love jesus and say i don't love the church wow. because the church the bible says is his bride and so they are in, in interlinked and if we love jesus then we love what jesus loves awesome. and jesus loves the church he loves you that's why he came because he loves you and i so much that he wanted to see our lives transformed come into a relationship with god the father and have eternal life in the next life, but also to see our lives transformed the here and now and be empowered to make a difference. You know, David in the Bible was called a man after God's own heart, if you've read that. Uh, and it says of David that he loved God's house. He, he was a man after God's own heart and he loved the house of God. Psalm 27, 4 says this, One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. David loved the house of God. And David's love for God was manifested in his love for the house of God. And this overflowed in generosity towards God's house. He also writes in 1 Chronicles 29.3, Moreover, because I have set my affection on the house of God, I have given to the house of my God. Isn't that amazing that he's saying that because he loves God, he loves the house of God, and because he's put his affection on the house of God, then he's given right. financially towards the thing that he loves. And that's what happens when we, are, as Liz was sharing, when we love someone, when we love something, we give to it. Um, I, I mean, like all types of different sports, but um, one particular sport that I like is triathlon. Oh. And um, some of the people that you see that do triathlons spend a lot of money <laughs> on their sport. Wow. I mean, there is $10,000 bikes, there is equipment, there's training. So it's, it's amazing when we love something how willing we are to give to it. And uh, it's the same with our 
commitment to God and the church. When Paul asked the churches that he planted in the Bible, when he asked the churches to give an offering towards the church in Jerusalem that we read about in Corinthians, Paul says that his hopes were exceeded by the willingness of the Corinthians to partner with him in the vision. He went to them. They were not a wealthy church. They were a poor church. And he still came and said, look, I would love you to participate in God's vision to reaching other people, to uh, supporting the church in, in Jerusalem at the time, which was going through a famine. Um, and it said, Paul writes back to them and says that his, expect, his expectations were conservative, but he was genuinely surprised by the generosity of those people, even though they were in need. And a, a similar uh, response to the Macedonian church who also gave generously. Um, and he says in 2 Corinthians 8, 5, that they first gave themselves to the Lord and then they gave them and then gave themselves to us by the will of God. And I think they're they're the two commitments that we make, as Paul identified with the Corinthians. They first gave themselves to the Lord, he wrote. But we think, well aren't were they already Christians? What does he mean they gave themselves to the Lord? Um, and what it indicates is that there are, there's new seasons. There, there's higher levels and fresh starts in the Christian walk. There's fresh levels of consecration, of commitment, of dedication. It's not just I give my life to Christ and that's it. And there are, Paul's saying that at this point, at a juncture, when they had an opportunity or when they were at a, a crossroads, it says they, they renewed their commitment to Christ. They gave themselves afresh to God, to God's purpose, to God's vision. And that's the opportunity that we have here today, not just financially, but that we say, God, I'm renewing my commitment to you. I'm renewing my commitment to your purpose. I'm renewing your, my commitment to fulfilling the purpose that you have for me. Um, that there are times where we return to the altar of consecration and we say, God, I'm here. I'm here for you. And uh, how do we know when we're at that time? We all go through these times at different points in our walk, in our journey, in our life. Some of the things that I know is um, when we feel the pain of sacrifice more than the purpose, then we know that it's time that we need to renew our relationship and our and our consecration to the Lord. Or when we resent the cross that God's asked us to carry through certain circumstances or at a certain point in time, we begin to resent that. It's an indicator that, that we need to renew our heart, that we need to again come to the cross, to the place of consecration and go, God, here I am. I renew my heart. I renew my commitment. I renew my dedication to you. When we find ourselves complaining about the requirements maybe that God has put on our life or the place that he's put us. And we, when we find out and hear ourselves complaining and complaining, it's an indicator that our heart needs to be refreshed. It's an indicator that it's time to put our heart again on that altar of consecration and say, God, show me and help me to be thankful and appreciative of what I have as opposed to complaining about what I do not have right now or what I have to go through. God is there every step of the way. He will never, ever leave you. He will never, ever let you fail. They're the promises of the Bible. Does that mean it's always easy? No. But 
He is always, always there. So the key to everything, or the first step, is to give ourselves to the Lord. And this might be a moment of restoring a religious habit. Maybe, it, maybe we did used to pray regularly uh, in the morning or in the evening, or we regularly read the Bible or the Scriptures, and we found that those habits have, have just fallen away a little bit. Uh, maybe it is praying in the morning, reading the Bible. Uh, it could mean stopping doing some things that we know have crept into our life that are crowding our time and not giving us the time that we do have to commit to certain spiritual things, to things that God has asked us to do. And so at different points, we have an opportunity to, to do a, uh, I guess, a, 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 a check on our, on our time, an audit, if you like. How are we spending our time? What are we doing with the life that God has given us? How are we investing it? What difference are we making? And, uh, and as we look at where we spend our time and what we do, then we can reassess, can I give some of those things up? Should I be doing more with this or that? And you might be fine. You might go, no, I'm, everything's good at the moment. I think I've got a good balance and that's fantastic. Uh, but there's always times where we can come to God and go, you know what, I feel like I've lost my way a little bit. And this is a moment to do something like that. The second thing that Paul said to them was not only did they give themselves to the Lord, but they committed themselves to the vision of Paul or of the church at the time. And um, the work of the Lord is the way he puts it. And one of, the most one of the most joyous experiences I know for Nick and I is when you lead a church and you find other people uh, picking up the vision, running with it, getting involved, serving and and uh, saying, you know what, we also want to make a difference. We also want to help change lives. We are going to, you know, the, the care centre service that we're running, that Liz is overseeing, you know, there's a bunch of volunteers that are doing that. That wouldn't be happening if people didn't go, I want to be part of that. Um, the other outreaches that we do, the different things that we're involved in, whether it be music, whether it be a cafe, whether it be kids' church, you know, all these things happen because people put up their hand and go, I want to serve God with what I've got, the, the time, the talents, the skills, the abilities, the finances. I want to invest them in the house of God. I want to see lives changed. I want to see people come to know Christ, restored and transformed, and take the message of the gospel to Balmain and beyond. That's what it's all about, isn't it? So, yeah, let's give the Lord a hand. And when, as a pastor, when you see people go, you know what, yes, I'm on board with that. I want yeah. to be part of it. It's on. one of the most awesome things that you can do. And so we are so appreciative of every single one of you that serve, that give of your time, that uh, come and to, whether it be the prayer meeting, whether it be music, whatever it is, that are serving, that are giving, that are investing financially through tithes and offerings, through this commitment, through our time. We are so appreciative of every single one of you. Um, I would love to come and just give you a hug. Uh, I try and thank as many people as I can, as often as I can. I may not have got to you yet, um, but I just want you to know that we love you so much. We're so thankful for you and believe that the best years for C3 Rosellas at campus are still to come. Yeah. And uh, there's good things in store. So, without further ado, I'm just going to uh, 
just move into this next part of the service. If you have got one of those commitment cards there, as I said, if you are still not sure whether you are able to or whether you, what commitment you will make, and let me just um, say up front, if you are unable to give financially in this offering, it in no way means that you're any less a part of this church, any less a member of this community. Uh, this is for people that have the ability, that are desiring to. Uh, it is not under compulsion in any way, shape or form. But I do want to encourage you to ask the Lord because sometimes what we think is comfortable, God does want to stretch us. He does want to stretch our faith. Right. He does want to stretch our capacity. Right. He does want us to move into new realms that will open up new doors of opportunity. Amen. And I want you to ask God because He may be stretching you this morning. He may be stretching you through this. Uh, but that's between you and God. And I would encourage you to, uh, I know what it's like for me. Sometimes I don't want to hear from God. <laughs> I go, I've made up my mind, Lord, and I don't want you interrupting. <laughs> I want to stay safe. I want to stay comfortable. I want to stay in an area that I know I can handle. Uh, but, you know, God in His love for me, His love for us, and His love for you is always stretching us, not just financially, in the areas of forgiveness, in the areas of service, in the areas of sacrifice, in the areas of love. That's just His nature. He loves us so much to leave us the way we are. Um, so just some uh, some info that I need to share with you. Sorry, this is a little bit boring. I've got to read it out. It's written down, just but just so that you know. Uh, so the commitment cards represent what you are committing to give to Vision Builders for the next financial year. So as of July 1 through to July 1, 2016 through to July, uh, June 30, 2017. If you made a commitment last year and you're still wanting to fulfil that, um, don't write it down on this card. Uh, that needs to be in the offering and, and um, uh, written out before June 30 if you're after tax deductibility. There is tax deductibility on uh, certain aspects of vision builders. If you want tax deductibility, if you want to claim it back on your tax for the next financial year, um, then write on here and fill in the form that says uh, that you uh, desire tax deductibility. It says at the top left-hand corner, I require tax deduction, yes or no. If you do want to give to Vision Builders and get a tax deductible, uh, tax deductibility for this financial year, then you can still, and you didn't fill in a card, that's still okay. You can, as long as it's in before June, June 30 and you can claim it on your tax uh, and you, uh, you would just need to write down there that it, you need tax deductibility and we can get your receipt for that. Uh, but this is for next financial year, not this financial year. Um, indicate which campus you're from. So obviously that's Roselle up the top. If you write it in there, that's for administrative purposes. Uh, it's a commitment for the financial year. The card provides an option for giving by credit card uh, or by direct debit. Um, there's different ways in, of managing um, but... Uh, as uh, the Vision Builders Overseer said it on Friday night at, at another meeting that we had, if you are not good at managing your money, do not give by credit card. Uh, and he said, if you pay interest on your credit card, 
then don't give by Vision, Bar, <laughs> Vision Builders by your credit card and cut your credit card up because <laughs> you'll be paying 25% or whatever interest. Um, there, are, there are other payment options. Okay, but if you want other payment options, you can let me know. Vision Builders is a charitable trust, has both tax deductibility and non-tax deductibility uh, if you indicate it. If it's for tax deductibility, it can go to Bible College buildings, television, media, communication, and, and the beyond initiatives, which are the outreaches, the charity work that we're involved in. Any money like that can go to uh, tax deductible uh, funding. A lot of the other things that we do, like church planting, uh, like um, uh, bil uh, buildings, uh, church building, uh, leadership stuff, all that other stuff is not tax deductible. So if you don't need a tax deductible, you don't need to claim it on your tax, then if we would ask you to uh, write down that you don't need a tax deduction because then we are able to utilise those finances in areas and, and invest in areas that the government doesn't deem to be tax, deduct uh, tax deductibility worthy. Um, so planning a church is not, the government does not uh, see planning a church worthy of a tax deduction, unfortunately. But there are other things that we're involved with that are. So if you don't need a tax deductibility, then that money can go to planning churches, building churches, planning, planning uh, a lot of the ministry work that we're involved in. Um, C3 Sydney is, a, is one church in multiple locations. And so the money that we give to Vision Builders will not necessarily come directly back into Roselle. It's important that we are aware of that. Across all our campuses and extension services, the money goes into Vision Builders and the, the committee that is put over Vision Builders, they determine where is the best allocation of those funds. Um, finances that remain in Roselle uh, are our tithes and our offerings in our local church. Vision Builders goes towards the... Uh, the extension of uh, or, or beyond this campus in and of itself. So if you have any other questions, feel free to come and see me, come and speak to me. I hopefully can answer them. There are, as I said, answers and questions, questions and answers at the back of that book. <sighs> all right, got through all that. Some people have already filled in one of these cards at other meetings. Uh, if you have already made that commitment, um, that's fantastic. If you want to revise that commitment... Uh, but only if you want to revise it up, oh. <laughs> then you can fill it. No, I'm joking. If you need to revise your commitment, you can fill in this card again and write at the top revised that you've decided to change it in some way, shape or form. Uh, if you're giving today, then for the first time, then if you could fill that in right now, or if you're still not sure, you need to pray about it, you want to discuss it or whatever, then you can take this home, take the brochure home, and we can, uh, and you can bring it back next week. Yes? Yeah. All right, so let me pray for you. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for every person here today. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you. We thank you, God, that you empower us and that you enable us and you bless us with the ability to build your kingdom. That as we give, it is given back to us, pressed down, shaken together, overflowing. That as we plant seeds, Lord, we reap harvests. And although it's at different levels, in different amounts, Father, we thank you, as Rhiannon said, Lord, it's not the amount, 
It's the heart that counts to you. It's the commitment. It's the consecration. It's the dedication. And as your word says, man looks at the outward appearance, but you look at the heart. And we thank you, Father, that you do. And we thank you for every person here. And Lord, I thank you for your blessing and your financial favor, your relational favor. Lord, your hand upon every area of our lives as we follow you. We thank you, Lord, that you love us, that you're for us. And this is a way that, Lord, we can show our love and our commitment and our dedication to your cause in the earth. We pray in the, in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen.